This week, we took down the string of paper hearts across the windows of Nola's playroom and replaced it with a string of shamrocks. Because of my height, I was enlisted for the task, but usually that kind of decorating happens without me. It happens kind of around me, it takes place when I'm out of the house because Rochelle has been subject too many times to my rant about made up holidays. I do not celebrate Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day. I don't celebrate any of the patriotic holidays, let alone Arbor Day, Flag Day, or Earth Day. I don't truck with any of the newfangled feasts like Festivus or Pi Day or Galentine's. You'll never see me post anything for Siblings Day on social media. And I try to celebrate Mother's and Father's Day only to the extent that my parents won't feel like it's anything personal against them. I love you, mom and dad. They're just made up holidays. The inventions of politicians and marketing execs, and I don't do them. I barely do the holidays I believe in. This decorating the house thing is new. For the first nine years of our marriage, we didn't have a Christmas tree. The first year we planned to, but then the transmission on our car went out and we didn't have any way to get one. So since we had gotten through one year without, I suggested we just keep going. Christmas trees are expensive and a mess and have only been part of Christmas since like the 1500s. So basically as recently as Galentine's Day. I do celebrate Christmas and Easter, but, but there are plenty of religious holidays that are made up too. A friend wrote recently, any ideas what to do for Transfiguration Sunday this year? My first thought was skip it. Or there's Epiphany, a supposed holiday after 12 solid days of holidays. But maybe the worst is Palm Sunday. And, and let me just acknowledge, today is not Palm Sunday. I have no business preaching on this scripture today in the middle of Lent, and you may hear this story again in three weeks. I'm sorry. But also Palm Sunday is not a thing, or it shouldn't be a thing. It's not a real holiday. A donkey, tree branches, and shouting, that's not a party. Which is basically what I take the Pharisees to be saying to Jesus. Jesus, tell your followers this is not a thing. Tell them to stop celebrating. Jesus, of course, does not agree. That great line that Rebecca ended with, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. Not only is Palm Sunday a thing, but it's so much a thing that even if Jesus could get everyone quiet, the rocks would sing. The cliffs, the city walls would cry out, Hosanna. Palm Sunday is not some made-up holiday, Jesus says. It's, it's woven into the thing, into the fabric of creation. This enthusiasm, this praise from the crowd, it's essential. It had to happen. The world was made for this celebration. And, and not just the shouting, even that donkey is a necessity. It's such a weird detail in the story. Jesus telling his disciples, go steal a donkey, and if anyone questions it, tell them God needs it. That word for, for need in the Greek, it's stronger than just 
my legs are tired, I need a donkey. It's a word related to the fulfillment of an oracle or prophecy. The donkey is needed to complete what is supposed to happen, what's fated. Like the shouting, it is happening one way or another. If not this donkey, some other donkey. This party cannot and will not be stopped. And that's true, actually, not just of Palm Sunday, but just a couple stories before this one, Jesus sees a tax collector named Zacchaeus up in a sycamore tree and tells him, I have to throw a party at your place tonight. Or actually, he says, hurry and come down. I I must stay at your house. And in the Greek, he's actually saying, hurry and come down. It's a divine necessity that I come to your place. Which is a lot of pressure to put on a last minute dinner party. But Jesus lays it on. We're celebrating tonight out of divine necessity. This year, it suddenly makes sense to me. That urgency and inevitability, the party that is going to happen one way or another, this year I get it. This year I switched out those hearts for shamrocks without a word about Hallmark. This year I I put on a little paper hat and turned on Stevie Wonder's happy birthday and I held a pinata to the top of our car while driving up to our friend's stoop with the other, all to celebrate the birthday party of a 40-year-old man. This year I endured multiple Zoom gatherings with extended family, the kind in which you have to have that awkward conversation that you would have in person with your uncle that you never see, but now you have to have it with all of your cousins and their kids watching too. This year, I helped put 50 painted Easter eggs out on our lawn. This year, I I walked around with a witch collecting candy from the ends of PVC pipes recently installed on our neighbor's porches. This year, I made you all watch me make pancakes during worship for Mardi Gras. And all of it felt needed. Felt like we had to do it. Felt like if not this way, we would have found another. This year, I felt that divine necessity to celebrate. This year, for the first and I think likely only time, I observed two years day. About a week after New Year's, the Christmas tree down and her birthday still a month and a half away, Nola declared one afternoon that it was Toon Year's Day. When asked about the traditional festivities for that particular holiday, she informed us in her oracular wisdom that on Toon Year's, you dance around the living room and dress up in fancy clothes for dinner. And since it was almost time to eat, I went upstairs to my closet to get the suit and tie that I needed, that she needed, that we all needed, that God needed. A divine necessity, this this made up holiday. 
a friend was giving his own rant about made up holidays around Valentine's this year. And the person he was delivering it to cut in and said, every holiday is made up. And it hit my friend for the first time that it was true. Even the ones he liked to celebrate, even Easter, even Christmas. Non-religious folks sometimes like to point out how before either of those Christian holidays existed, there were pagan festivals celebrated at basically the same time in many of the same ways. Christians just made up holidays that took over the the real celebrations of, of solstice and equinox. But of course, those are made up too. Way back when, some druid just declared one afternoon, today is the vernal equinox. Change your clothes and get ready to dance. Sure, there are shortest and longest days of the year, and there are days just as long as nights, but the concept of day and night and year, those are all made up. And and sure, they correspond to the rotation of the earth and to its orbit around the sun and the phases of the moon and the courses of the star, but all of that is made up. Moon and stars and sun and earth and trees and stones and donkeys and daisies and day and night, darkness and light, all made up. And rather than being an excuse not to celebrate, it is the reason that celebration is essential. The reason it is inescapable because it is woven into the fabric of creation because there is creation. Every celebration at its roots is celebrating that anything got made up at all and that it was made up for us, and that so much of it is so good. That we have bodies that can move in time to a thing that's called music. That we have mouths to taste different kinds of food. That there are palm trees and sycamores and shamrocks. That, there, that we have hearts and, and people with which to love them that there is candy, that there is such a thing as sweetness, that there are eggs, that there is such a thing as color, that there are fireworks and a night sky in which to see them, that there are trees and light to illuminate them, that there is rest and whole days with nothing to do but celebrate that there are days and months and years at all, and that we are given them to spend, to live, that there is life. If we notice for even a moment how made up absolutely everything is, we'll have no choice but to throw a party about it, to cook a feast, to decorate the streets with branches and clothes and shout Hosanna to the one who made it all up to begin with. We won't have a choice. Divine necessity demands it. And if not, if we grumble and rant, then something or someone else will step in to pick up the slack. 
The party will not be stopped. Our 10th Christmas together was our toughest. We were less inclined to celebrate than ever. We planned a quiet holiday by ourselves, but then one Sunday afternoon, the doorbell rang. And I answered to find a freshly cut Christmas tree already strung with lights, standing on our porch with a box beside it. And we cleared a space in the living room and we plugged it in and admired it perfectly shaped and filling our house with that delicious pine smell. And we opened the box and found tinsel and ornaments and a tree skirt. So it felt like we had to decorate it and maybe turn on some music, make a little something sweet because someone had given us everything we needed 